I'm really glad you're here. This is an exciting day. This is the day we, uh, you know, as followers of Jesus, this is the most holy day of the year because this is the day we celebrate that uh, God raised him from the dead. And so we come here and, uh, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, then, you know, this is, this is the day we, we talk about that he is alive, that God is present with us, that um, the, the grave, even death, could not overwhelm him. And we worship him and we come here this morning. And if you're, you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, then that's exciting. And that's why a lot of you came, because you wanted to be here today to celebrate that and to, to worship God for doing that in our lives. And then there, there are some of you who came this morning because you would like to believe that. Because, you know, life is hard. And it would be wonderful if there is a God and if that God does indeed love us. And so maybe you come this morning hoping to hear something or see something that might help you to believe that it really is true. And then there are some of you who came this morning because it means a lot to someone who means a lot to you. And so you came because, I mean, you know, it's only an hour. How bad could it be, right? Uh, and then at least one of you is here because you lost a bet. <laughs> so we have all these different reasons for coming here this morning. We, we come for different reasons. We come with in different under, understanding of what we believe and don't believe. We come from all these different, uh, you know, places. And that makes this Easter a whole lot more like the first Easter morning than you might have imagined. Because on that first Easter morning, when people first heard the message that Jesus was alive, not, they, they, there was varying you know, degrees of belief in that. Uh, people were coming from different places trying to figure out what that meant for them. And it's a lot like us this morning. So um, this morning we're gonna look at four faces of Easter. Four people and how they reacted when they heard the news that Jesus was alive. And all four of these people actually were disciples, um, you know, when Jesus was crucified. So the stories are in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and I'm going to begin reading in, in the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came along behind him and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in his place, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciples, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside, and he saw, and he believed. Now, on Friday, they crucified Jesus. And at the end of the day, they took his dead body down from the cross. And there was a, a large ritual that you went through, anointing a body with spices and perfumes to get it ready for burial, if you were going to do a proper burial. Well, they didn't have time because it was about to get dark and the holy day was beginning. So they took Jesus' body quickly and put it in a tomb and then sealed the tomb with the intention of coming back when the, when the holy days were over and then giving Jesus a decent burial. 
And so the women came that morning to the tomb to, to, to give Jesus, you know, to get the body and give it a decent burial. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away from the tomb. The body wasn't there. And so they ran back to tell the disciples, not that there'd been a resurrection. They ran back to tell the disciples there'd been a robbery, that someone had stolen the body. So they ran to tell the disciples, and then it says the disciples ran to the tomb. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of running on the first Easter. They, they run back and forth, and when they run to the tomb, I think it's interesting, um, you know, John refers to himself as the other disciple. Sometimes he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, which I've always thought sounds kind of privileged that he calls himself that, but... If you write the book, you can call yourself whatever you want. So um, he makes the point, I think this is great, he says that he outran Peter to the tomb. <laughs> John wrote the books. He wants everybody throughout history to know that he could outrun Peter. So he got to the tomb before Peter. And when he got to the entrance of the tomb, he stopped and he looked in and he saw the linen where they'd wrapped the body and the head cloth that they'd wrapped around the head and they were both lying there, nobody in them. And John looked at it, and the Bible says he saw and he believed. Well, then Peter came. John didn't even go all the way in the tomb. Peter came, and John says, finally, he got there. And, uh, and, and he went inside, and he saw the same thing that, that John saw. But Peter is a little confused. And he walks out of the tomb not knowing exactly what to think. And at that point, the other disciple, one more time he says, the one who reached the tomb first, looked in this empty tomb. He didn't even see the resurrected Jesus. All he saw was an empty tomb, and he believed. John was one of those people that to believe in Jesus and to have faith just came natural. It just made sense. Uh, I've met people like John. They've gone to church their entire lives. As a matter of fact, they've gone to church their entire lives plus the nine months before they were born. They've always been in church. They've always heard that God loves them, and they have always believed it. They can't remember a time in their life when they didn't believe it. They can't understand how anybody does not believe it and how people don't have experienced the presence of God in their life. Faith just comes so natural and so easy. And, and some of you are like John. For you, that's, you, you've always believed. Faith has always been important in your life. And that's your perspective of how you believe and how you came uh, to your faith. It's just the way you are. It was like John. But now Peter, uh, he, he's a different story. Peter looked around inside that same tomb that John was looking at. And Peter walked away kind of shaking his head, a little confused about what was happening. And you know, it happens like that all the time. People come to church, they hear the same gospel, and some people believe and other people don't. Both heard the same thing, but there's two different reactions, two different responses. I don't know why Peter didn't believe. Maybe it was because he felt 
a little guilty. Maybe that's why John outran him to the tomb because like the old song says, guilty feet ain't got no rhythm. (laughs) But Peter, you know, the last time he saw Jesus was in a courtyard and they were dragging Jesus away where they were gonna have a trial and where they were gonna take him off. Actually, they were gonna beat him there before they took him away to have him executed. And somebody walked up to Peter and said, aren't you one of his followers? And Peter said, no, not me. And two more times someone asked him, aren't you, aren't you sure you're one of his followers? And Peter said, no, it's not me. And then he heard a rooster crow, which Jesus told him was gonna happen. And then Peter went and found somewhere dark and quiet and he wept. He wept for Jesus, he wept for himself. And the truth is, if Jesus was alive, Peter didn't know if he could face him. Not after what he had done. I mean, he had his chance, but now he's blown it. So even if he is alive, Peter wasn't so sure that that meant anything for him, that God would forgive him for what he did. So he wasn't so sure about the whole thing. And I've met people like Peter. A part of them wants to believe, but they just aren't really sure that God can really forgive us of everything we've done. It's hard when you can't forgive yourself to believe that God can forgive you. Now, of course, later on, Peter did become a believer, but it took time. It took a lot more time for Peter than it did for John to believe that Jesus was alive and to believe that Jesus offered forgiveness. It was much later, or or a little bit later, when Jesus actually talked to Peter and told him that he was forgiven. He offered him forgiveness for what he had done. And those words uh, were offered to Peter and everyone who follows in Peter's footsteps down through the ages. And some of you are like Peter. You would like to believe, but maybe you've done some things that you just don't think God can forgive or change. Maybe you have a hard time believing God really does forgive us and accept us. Maybe people have told you your whole life that you are accepted and you're having a hard time believing that you are the beloved of God. And so some folks are like Peter. The next face is that of Mary. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over in to look in the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him, and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means my teacher. So Peter and John left, and Mary went back. And Mary still doesn't believe. She's crying. She looks inside the tomb. She sees some messengers or angels, someone there. And they say, why are you crying? And again, she says, because somebody stole the body. 
If you'll just tell me where they put it, I'll go and get it. And it, it says that Jesus was standing in front of her, but she didn't recognize him. And sometimes people, people tell me that, that that's confusing. But I think I understand. She didn't recognize Jesus because her eyes were full of tears. When your eyes are full of tears, sometimes it's hard to see God. I've met people like Mary. They've gone through really difficult times in their life. They've experienced tragedy. And they think if God were real, I wouldn't have had to go through that. If God really loved me, God would have been there with me. And what they didn't see is that God was there the whole time. But it's hard to see God when your eyes are filled with tears. Just like Mary, God is standing right there with us, but we don't recognize God because the tears blur our vision. And some of you may be like Mary. You've gone through difficult times and wondered if there's a God, why did you have to go through those things? Where was God? God was with you. God was beside you. God's just hard to see when our eyes are full of tears. And when Jesus said to her, Mary, that's all he said. <laughs> he said, Mary, he said her name. And that changed everything. And I believe that if we listen, God finds a way of calling our name that we can understand, that we can hear, to let us know that God is with us. There's nothing more life-changing than to know that the God who created everything that exists knows your name. It's hard to see God when your eyes are blurred by tears. But if we listen, I believe we can hear God call our name. And then the last face is Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12 was with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Now Thomas had heard the rumors that Jesus was alive, but he didn't believe it. Some of his very best friends believed it, but he just couldn't believe it. When you're dead, you're dead. So it's time to just move on with life. You know, I've met people like Thomas. They just have a hard time believing, sometimes on intellectual grounds, you know. I would like to believe, but I have high SAT scores. <laughs> sometimes uh, it's because they've noticed that the world has a lot, of, a lot of evil and a lot of problems, and they have a hard time reconciling all of that with God and with God being with us and with God caring about us. And sometimes the very people who claim to be followers of Jesus are the biggest part of the problem. 
And, and so I get it. There's, there's reason and people have a lot of doubts. But when Jesus appeared before Thomas, he said, go ahead and touch, go ahead and touch the, the wounds in my hand in my side. And Thomas didn't have to. He said, my Lord and my God. Now, I don't believe for a minute that all of Thomas's doubts went away. I, I don't believe that Thomas automatically had everything all figured out. But it was enough. Thomas saw Jesus in a way that was enough for him. And that's how it often happens. Believing doesn't mean you understand it all. It doesn't mean you don't have any doubts. What it means is that you have somehow experienced the presence of God in your life enough that it sustains your faith in spite of your doubts. It's enough. And some of you are like Thomas. Never been very big on religion and frankly what you read in the Bible about Jesus doesn't always match the people who walk around in his name. And you have some doubts. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. But if you are open to the possibility that the God who created everything that exists also loves you and is alive and present right now in your life, that just may be enough to sustain your faith with all the other doubts that you may have. So here are four faces of Easter that John shows us. There's John who found it easy to believe. Peter who gradually believed, but it took a while and he wasn't sure because of all of his guilt and confusion. There was Mary who in a time of great heartache heard Jesus call her name before she could come and believe. And then there was Thomas, the old doubter himself, who found enough of God's presence to sustain his faith even with his doubts. God won over his heart, if not his whole mind. And my guess is this morning that you identify with at least one of these people that John tells us about. Maybe you think about your life and there's times you feel like I've identified with all of them at one point or another. And at the end of the chapter, John wrote this. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that's my hope and my prayer for all of us this morning, is that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is alive and with us now. John, Peter, Mary, Thomas, they all came to faith from a different place. They all came to faith from different perspectives and, and it's, so it is with us. We come in different ways. We come from different places. But what I want you to know this morning is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have ever done. It doesn't matter what you have gone through. It doesn't matter if you have doubts. God loves you and is alive and wants to be involved in your life. 
And everything that was said this morning and written in this book was done so, so that you might believe. And by believing, that you might find life in Jesus. Amen.